0: I'm Maya Aoki-Tuttle, and I voice Wasp on Spidey and his amazing friends. Janet, happy birthday. You're looking good at 60.
1: Welcome to Women of Marvel. I'm Ellie Pyle, and if you squint at the math a little bit, I'm getting pretty close to celebrating my ninth Marvel
0: Marvelversary. And I'm Preeti Chipper, and I believe that I am five Marvel years old this year. But we're not really here to talk about
1: our Marvel anniversaries.
0: We are celebrating a big birthday today! We are! It is Janet Van Dyne's 60th, by which I mean it's the 60th anniversary of the Wasp's first appearance in the comics. But before we get too
1: far into that, we need to talk about why we love Janet so much and to do that we have editor extraordinaire and friend of the podcast, Alana Smith, here to help us out. Alana, please introduce yourself to our listeners.
2: Hello, I'm Alana Smith. I'm an editor in the Avengers slash Marvel Heroes Office at Marvel, working mostly on Captain America and related titles, but also some other stuff around the Avengers world like Scarlet Witch and recently the Wasp Anniversary series that we released starting in January, I think. And prior to that, I worked on the two Unstoppable Wasp series starring Nadia Van Dyne rather than Janet Van Dyne.
0: So you're basically the perfect person to ask this question (laughs) to, which is... Why do you love the Wasp and why should our listeners love the Wasp?
2: Jana is a character who has been around about as long as most other Marvel characters have been around. And I think part of the reason for that is she's extremely lovable. Like, she's just very compassionate, very vivacious and witty and fun. She always feels like, to me, the person who you'd like super want to go shopping with, but also like who you could call at like 3 a.m. and she would listen to you cry about something (laughs) that she has no investment in. Like, I feel like she just is, she is that person who like will be ride or die for you, but in like the most non-pressury chill sort of way. (laughs) And don't we all
1: need exactly that person? exactly, exactly. And or aspire to be exactly
2: (laughs) that Exactly, exactly. But I mean, aside from that, I think she's a character who also has kind of a a mean streak to her for all that she's like one of the sweetest people in the Marvel U, you know, especially as she's been written in more modern comics. Like, she will mess you up if you come at any of her people, and she will not have mercy about it. Like, she will not be as generous and sagely as perhaps some of the other Avengers would be. When she needs to, she doesn't pull her punches, so... In a lot of ways, she's got that kind of traditional femininity to her and all these aspects that we would associate with a character who was created like years and years and years ago. But she also was able to keep up with the boys in a team that was only her as the woman in the group. And she's just a badass also. She hasn't had to give up any of the softer parts of herself to have that toughness and fieriness to her, which I really like.
1: I love that so much. And not just keep up with the boys, but also lead them. Yeah, yeah like yeah.
2: overtake the boys. Yeah. Keep those boys in line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I think in those early Avengers comics, she really is the glue holding the group together. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of strong personalities, and you kind of need that person who can convince everyone to get along and find the pieces of other people that the others will like and latch on to. I think another really great thing about Janet is how versatile she's been able to be as a character. Like, she's a superhero and a fashion designer, which is a really fun combo. (laughs) This isn't really, like so much about her as it is about her depiction over the years. I question some of her fashion (laughs) decisions in the olden (laughs) days, but I admire her boldness regardless. I think Tom told me once that there was a period of time where the bit they were trying to do with the Wasp was that because she was a designer, she would have a different costume every time she showed up. Love it. And that's Marvel Comics executive editor, Tom Brevoort. I don't think they stuck with it consistently, but that's part of why she has so... So many classic costumes. Like we did a variant not too long ago that was all of her Mm -hmm. or as many as we could find of her various (laughs) costumes (laughs) over the years. And I, I can't follow her on all of those journeys, but I respect the audacity of them. So
1: we will actually be talking about that cover a little bit more this episode and okay, getting some critiques good. of the different looks. So stay tuned for more of that. Decisions were made, certainly.
0: That is a good way. Choices happen. Yeah.
1: But you <laughs> yes, know yes. what is fashion if not choices happening.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, it, it does sometimes make it challenging when we're doing like a uh, flashback series with her to figure out like which mm-hmm. of those <laughs> costumes she was wearing. And a bunch of them were occasionally miscolored because that just tended to happen back when mm-hmm. stuff was getting colored more traditionally. And so I just think visually, she's also a very, a very fun character. And I like every time we get to tweak her costume a little bit and, and do something fun and new with it. I forget what comic it was, but I think there was at least one comic where it was a guy character and his pants were riding low and he had like Van Dyne like branded <laughs> boxers on. And I wish I could remember what it was. That's but I, amazing. But I don't remember. And and I think we've had Van Dyne like athleisure wear before too. Perfect. So it's also a fun, like, in universe brand to be like, What's she got her fingers in this week? What's she up to? What's she designing? <laughs> it's a cool skill to have for a superhero. Yeah. So Costumes will always be in
1: demand. And sign me up Mm -hmm. for the real world Van Dyne collection. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do
2: it. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Hi, Janet. It's Alana, your editor over at Marvel Comics. Um, Just wanting to wish you a happy 60th birthday, 60 years young. And I hope your anniversary year is full of beautiful dresses and good friends and fun cocktail nights and lots of big fights that end in victory. So, happy birthday, Janet. Janet
1: was a socialite and the daughter of a wealthy scientist when she showed up in Tales to Astonish 44 in 1963. Her dad Vernon was working on Gamma Rays and had hoped to partner with Hank Pym. But in this issue, Vernon was killed by an alien being and Janet joins forces with Hank, a.k.a. Ant-Man, to avenge him.
0: That's a sentence that only makes sense in the Marvel Universe. (laughs) But speaking of avenging, if you've ever heard of a certain little team called the Avengers, you have Janet to thank for that. She coined the team's name in the Avengers number one after she and Hank fought Loki alongside Iron Man, Thor, and the Hulk. To commemorate
1: this pivotal moment in Marvel history, we thought we'd bring you a historical reenactment.
0: As Ant-Man and the Wasp, respectively, here are our producers, Zachary and Isabel. They have assured us that this is going to be awesome. Oh, Sorry, sorry. Are are we rolling? Yeah. Okay, okay.
3: (laughs) That's right. We need a name. It should be colorful and dramatic, like... The Avengers, or
1: or nothing, or
4: nothing.
1: That's it. The Avengers. Now, oh,
3: uh, now I'm now I'm Iron Man. Um, we'll fight together or separately if need be. If need be. Oh, oh, is this me? I I thought you were doing uh, yeah. Hulk. <clears throat> no, no, that's you. Yeah. I pity oh, the guy who tries to beat us. We'll never be beaten. But, oh, sorry. I, I'm I'm Thor now. We'll never be beaten, for we are. You ready? Yeah. I yeah. think we are. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. One, One, two, two three. three. The, Avengers. the Avengers. Avengers.
1: Avengers. Are we done?
3: Yes, you can cut.
0: Well. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Zachary and Isabel. <laughs> Janet has long been known through her relationships to others. Vernon Van Dyne's daughter, Ant-Man's partner. Of course, she's a strong, independent woman, but Janet does highly value her relationships.
1: These days, she's the mother figure to her stepdaughter, Nadia, who has both taken Janet's last name and shares her WASP moniker. She's a mentor to Spider-Gwen on Earth-65 and gave her her web shooters. And she is a generous and supportive friend to characters like She-Hulk.
4: Here to talk more about that is is She-Hulk writer Rainbow Rowell. When I was getting ready to write She-Hulk, I went back and read all of She-Hulk's appearances and got to know the Wasp through She-Hulk and through her friendship with She-Hulk. Janet is kind of a big sister to Jen. I'm sure for in the Wasp's life, she doesn't feel like she has everything together. But usually when she shows up for She-Hulk, She-Hulk is at her wits end and um, the wasp is coming in to help her. It will be like, let's go shopping for some clothes that fit you or here's a place for you to stay. In the original Sensational She-Hulk, it's the wasp who has this fabulous apartment and she lets Jen stay and then that fabulous apartment becomes like one of the characters in um, Sensational She-Hulk. When Jan shows up, she always shows up for Jen in a really tender, supportive way. And the character of She-Hulk more often shows up for other people, so Jen is more likely to be the person who's helping out, who's getting called to help out. And Jan and Jen have kind of a unique relationship because Jan is someone who She-Hulk has asked for help. She's not she's not just the helper, but she's getting some help, and she's she can lean on Jan. I also found Jan to be really fun to write. She's a lot girlier than She-Hulk. She's always looking cute. She's designing her own clothes. She's got, you know, a great house, a great car. She can have this like really lovely, confident, breezy way about her. So for me as a writer, um, she's just very fun to bring on the page as this like really force. And she's small, but she brings so much confidence and swagger. When I was working on Runaways, Chris Anka, the artist, really liked... Jan as a character and was always sneaking in Van Dyne designs into The Runaways characters. So if you go back to The Runaways, you'll see Carolina especially is wearing Van Dyne a lot of the time. Happy birthday, Janet. You can keep
1: up with Rainbow's work by following her at Rainbow Rowell on Instagram or by heading over to RainbowRowell.com. And don't forget to pick up Sensational She-Hulk this October.
0: As both Alana and Rainbow have mentioned, one thing Janet does do for and by herself is run a business as a fashion designer. She designs clothes and superhero costumes,
1: including her own. We spoke to fashion lover and Marvel's associate manager of talent relations, Emily New Coleman, about how she incorporates her love of fashion into her work on variant covers and what she thinks of Wasp's many looks over the years, including that cover that we were discussing with Alana earlier.
5: The bulk of my days consists of variant covers, getting them cast and getting them made from concept to completion and sending them off on their merry way.
1: And in case we have listeners who don't know, what is a variant cover and how does it differ from a regular cover? That's I
5: didn't know either when I first started, so I'm happy to explain it. <laughs> um, it's essentially a special edition cover. The art is different than the main cover and it's a little more collectible.
0: I also heard that you are pretty into clothes and fashion, and I am so interested in hearing how you got interested in that and what you love so much about fashion.
5: I am. I mean, it started from the very beginning. Both my grandmothers are pretty fabulous, so that laid the groundwork for that. I ended up going to the Fashion Institute of Technology for college, uh, which is in Manhattan. I first started in illustration, and then I moved on to marketing But because it's FIT, everything that you do is based in the world of fashion. I like to make sure that our characters are looking their best when they're outside of their normal costumes, like a lot of like Mary Jane and like Emma Frost. I'll always make sure that they're dressed to the nines if I can uh, have a say.
1: (laughs) And you started doing best dress lists on Twitter, right? Tell us a bit about that.
5: I did. Basically, it was something that I would do to bring a different sort of attention to the books that were on sale that day. I would do it every Wednesday, uh, new comic book day. So for a few weeks in advance, I'll go through PDFs with all of the books. I'll you know keep a few tabs open of the contenders, and then I'll whittle it down to three choices. And then I post it. And if you're interested in styling or fashion the way I am, it may draw you to pick up one of our comic books. What kind of stuff do you look for? Well, for my best dress picks, I don't choose usual costumes. Like I wouldn't choose Spider-Man in his normal iconic costume because he wears all the time. And we see it all the time. But if there's a new design that is featured or debuts in that issue that is chosen, that Qualifies. Characters need to be named. It can't just be like a really good-looking, well-dressed like pedestrian on a panel.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want to see the best-dressed list of background pedestrians, though.
5: I could start doing that. <laughs>
0: that could be a good theme for
1: like one week, yeah. just to right. like or like one month. What? Who was? Who are our best-dressed civilians? Right. You know, Who's this in the
0: background? He looks great. Is that three-piece suit? <laughs> By the way, listeners at home, if you want to see Emily's best dressed lists, you can follow her on Twitter at Emily Newcomen. I think someone else who has a great love and appreciation for fashion and someone we're here to celebrate today is the Wasp, of course. So how do you think that Janet's love and experience in fashion might come into play in her superhero life?
5: Well, I know she has a multitude of different costumes that she rotates through. She's not like a one and done type where, you know, we usually see again Spider-Man in the same costume in every issue. <laughs> my, I,
1: my poor guy. <laughs> he changes it up occasionally. Sometimes, occasionally. Sometimes.
5: <laughs> but I know that she has a few different options and who wouldn't want options? You want to wear the same thing every mm-hmm. day? Especially when you have like some hard work to do? No. So that's something that I really like.
1: So we have a cover that we want to show you, and it's Russell Dodderman's variant cover for Wasp number one. That I love this man. <laughs> we all do. We all do. <laughs> and so you mentioned that Wasp has a bunch of different looks, and uh, he used many of them, most of them, all of them on this cover. So we'd love for you to take a look and call out some of the things that you notice about the outfits in this piece. Listeners, if you want to follow along visually, the cover is linked in our show notes.
5: Russell Downerman did a beautiful job of encapsulating all of Janet's costumes onto one cover. So there are many, many wasps on this cover. Her costumes throughout time are all here. They're all spread out. So you have a really good view of Janet's style throughout the course of time. They're all so different and they're all so colorful.
0: They are all like so bombastic. Like, all of them are so fun to look at.
5: You could also tell how long she's been doing this just based on the styles. He's included this 60s go go costume for Jen. And at the bottom, it has that classic 60s iconic mini skirt, a green with a halter neck, a bluish belt, and matching go go boots, of course. She reminds me of Mary Tyler Moore in that she's from that era, the 60s, has the haircut and um, she just kind of gives me that air, that uh, happy vibe too. I love Mary Tyler Moore. She's an icon.
1: Do you have a favorite of these looks, other than you mentioned the 60s one, but any other
5: favorites? Love the 60s go-go. That's like a time that I'm drawn to. I also really dig the white with the blue detailing behind the pink antenna big hair situation. Mm-hmm. That was fun and seems like it could fit in any decade.
1: Just for fun, I'll ask you one of the most contentious questions in comics, which is heels or no on superheroes.
5: Ooh. I am not a hater of the heels on superheroes because... I feel like if you can navigate a wedding in them alone, you are a superhero, in fact. Yeah. I don't mind them. I like when they do that wedge, that sneaker wedge thing too, though, because there's some support to that.
1: My feeling's always been if I had superpowers, I'd wear heels all the time. Right. Like, you're not going
5: to have the same <laughs> leg pain the next day. If yeah. you're good, you might as well look great.
1: <laughs> I would like that in my power set, being able to wear awesome shoes. Yeah. All the
0: benefits, none of the none of the issues. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Thank you so much, Emily, for coming on Women of Marvel today. We'd love to have you come back anytime. Thank you for having me.
5: Happy birthday, Dad! Wear something cute. Go out to dinner. Go find somewhere.
0: <laughs> we interrupt this program to bring you Brad. Brad Brad. Brad. Hello! Brad Barton is our senior development manager. Now, Brad told us he really likes the show so far, and he wants to contribute, and we love Brad. We sure do, but there's a lot going
1: on this episode, so Brad, we can give you nine seconds. Go.
3: Nine seconds. Hey, Breathy. Hey, Ellie. Big fan of the show. Longtime listener. First-time caller. Bees! Oh, they're crazy, right?
1: Yep. But we're talking about wasps, not bees. Thanks,
2: Brad. Sure thing. See ya. Thanks, Bye. <laughs>
0: Love Brad. I guess he does bring up a good question, though. Are bees and wasps related? And why do people like bubble bees and hate wasps?
1: I bet our producer Isabel knows
6: someone who can answer that. I do. My name is Serian Sumner, and I am a professor of behavioral ecology at University College London. And I study mostly wasps. And I've just written a book and published a popular science book about wasps called Endless Forms, Why We Should Love Wasps
3: speaking of which, you I was really interested in an article you published in 2018 called Why We Love Bees and Hate Wasps. And your book is titled Why We Should Love Wasps. So yeah. what's that all about? <laughs> what? What's the answer? Why do we love bees and hate wasps?
6: Well that's a really good question so we do know the answer I think Mm -hmm. um but a bit of a backstory is that I've been studying wasps for over 25 years and I was getting a little bit fed up with people asking me what I do for a living and I'd say oh I study wasps and they'd go "Ooh, but wasps are really evil they hate them oh they're They're always out to get you (laughs) yeah exactly and I'd say no no they're not they're really cool they're super interesting you should love them they're amazing and and they people wouldn't be convinced and they'd come away saying well why don't you study bees instead bees are much more useful Ah. and cute and cuddly so this paper that you mentioned why we love bees and hate wasps was basically a public survey trying to find out what the public really did think about wasps and bees and trying to get to the bottom of this question of why people appear to hate wasps and love bees The evidence that we collected proved the uh, obvious, which is that people really do hate wasps Uh and people really do love bees. But what was really interesting is that the reason why people don't like wasps is because they don't understand what they do in the environment. People have a really good understanding of what bees do. You can stop a random person on the street and ask them, hey, what do bees do? And they'll go, oh, they're really important for pollination and we Mm -hmm. depend on them for our food and livelihood and Health and wellness. Whereas if you ask somebody what do wasps do, they'll go, Ah, they're just out to get me. They're just annoy, (laughs) they're there to annoy us, they're there to sting us. There's no point to wasps. So people don't understand that wasps are actually really important as nature's pest controllers, as pollinators, as decomposers. So they have real important roles that they play in the environment. And I think that's why people don't like wasps because bees sting just as wasp sting, right. and yet people tolerate the fact that bees sting because people understand what they do. Wasp sting, and without any reason to sort of excuse them for their bad behavior, occasionally, why would anyone like them? It's perfectly reasonable.
3: Sure, if they don't make honey. We don't. We don't <laughs> understand it. <laughs>
6: Um, well actually a few of them do make honey oh do they yeah wow yeah okay or the honey wasp that makes a little bit of honey it's not really enough for uh, for us to harvest or Mm -hmm. and they're 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 quite large colonies with many thousands of individuals so it's quite difficult to keep them but yeah there are wasps that produce honey
3: so we wouldn't find them at the farmer's market next Uh, weekend but
6: (laughs) (laughs) wow that's so interesting
3: though so they do make honey What first got you interested in them? Why are you drawn to them?
6: Well, I wasn't at all drawn to them. I was that general public on the street who didn't like wasps, saw no point of them. But what really interested me about biology was animal behavior Mm -hmm. and trying to understand how and why animals behave in the way that they do. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I was offered this PhD place, which would be studying the evolution of group living, evolution of social behavior, which is super interesting and exciting. And it just so happened that the study organism was wasps. So I was kind of fooled into studying wasps. The wasps that I worked on, they're these hover wasps from Southeast Asia, and they're very gentle And they barely sting you, and they're lovely to work on. And I think there was also a little bit for me in that the fact that other people didn't like wasps and I'd seen how amazing they were Mm -hmm. gave me a little bit of grit between my teeth that I'm going to try and make a difference for the wasps. You know, I, I really want people to see the magic that I've seen and that I enjoy.
3: So, how do you, when you talk about studying wasps like these hover wasps, How do you study them? Like, what what does that look like sort of on a day-to-day
6: basis? What we do is we actually paint them. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Or we give them little number tags that we stick on their backs. And then we can watch the interactions between the different individuals. So every wasp on the nest that we study is an individual who is, in her own right, fighting for her own way to pass on her genes to the next generation. In these really simple societies like these hover wasps in Malaysia, all the individuals on the nest are capable of being the queen, but there is only one queen at any one time. And so it's really interesting in addressing questions about why some wasps will stay at home and help raise the brood of the queen, rather than go off and start their own colony. So that's why they're really useful for addressing those questions about how group living organisms evolved in the first place.
3: So we, we often hear the term queen bee, we could just as easily say queen wasp. Absolutely. Are bees and wasps related? What's the distinction there?
6: Yeah, so bees are actually descended from wasps, they evolved ah. from a wasp-like ancestor. And so bees are essentially wasps who have forgotten how to hunt They're vegetarian wasps. Interesting. (laughs) And ants evolved from wasps as well. They are simply wasps that have forgotten how to fly, um, (laughs) largely. It's only the the sexuals that fly. So, yeah, so bees are just a vegetarian wasp, which has become specialised instead to collect pollen and specialised to rear their larvae on pollen rather than prey because wasps hunt prey. They hunt a, a wide diversity of insects and arthropods to feed to the brood or to grow their brood on and actually that's one of the reasons why we should really learn to love wasps is because in a world without wasps we would have to use a lot more chemicals to kill the other insects so wasps are really important for regulating the populations of other insects like flies and caterpillars and crop pests and pests in our garden or spiders the species of wasps that gives wasps a bad reputation mm-hmm. Are of course the yellow jacket wasps, uh-huh. the Vespula. And those wasps are just like honeybees in that they live in these huge superorganismal societies with a single queen and tens of thousands of workers, just like a honeybee colony. And the queen is laying all the eggs, and all the workers are her daughters. And they are helping raise the brood of the queens. So they're helping raise siblings, and that's how they pass on their genes. So, everything that is incredible about honeybees in terms of their social behavior, their altruism, their cooperation and conflict, and how they resolve that, and their organization and division of labor, all of that happens in wasps as well.
3: I love the image of the raising of the next generation of female wasps. It also feels very similar to our character, the wasp, which is of course why we're here. She is very much a mentor to her stepdaughter Nadia, um, also named the wasp, and the relationship between the two of them is very much one of mentorship and sort of raising the next generation, so I love that there's that parallel also.
6: That's fantastic. I absolutely love that. I yeah. like, In my book, I talk a lot about how wasps are depicted in popular culture and how they've influenced, like films, for example, or uh, literature. And they're normally depicted as the, you know, the gangster of the insect world. They'll be the aggressive, evil one. And yet, you're, you know, your Marvel characters of the wasp. Mm-hmm. I think it's lovely. I think that you know, the, the sort of the storyline there is really, really. Positive messaging about wasps. Absolutely. It's great.
3: (laughs) In case anyone is still at this point a little suspicious of a wasp, in case you already (laughs) haven't convinced them by this point, what would you say to someone? who hates wasps how would you go about convincing them to change their mind
6: well i think they should spend time watching wasps and next time that wasp visits them at their picnic don't flap around and shout mm-hmm. because if you flap and shout you're behaving like their predator and no wonder they're going to sting you sit and watch the wasp, see what she wants. And she'll probably want a little bit of your chicken or your barbecue sausage, or maybe jam if it's late in the season, or maybe your beer if she's after some sugar. Perhaps you'll see that she's not out to get you all the time. And also remember that the reason why she's come to your picnic, particularly if she's after meat at your picnic, is because she is nature's pest controller. She is looking for meat Sometimes that meat is alive. So it would be live insects like caterpillars that would otherwise be eating your cabbages and your lettuces or flies or aphids that plaguing your tomato plants. The wasps are there in the ecosystem as a top predator and they are keeping all of those other insect populations at bay. And they are truly fascinating and they represent possibly the most species-rich group of insects. There are over 100,000 species of wasps in the world described. There's probably five times that yet to be described. And at a time when insects are declining across the globe, we need to be caring for all insects, not just those that have the champion's the bees, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, you know, you can buy your bee merchandise, your bee mug, <laughs> your I love bees bag or T-shirt or whatever. <laughs> we need to be loving all the insects and that includes the wasps.
3: Absolutely. Well, you have definitely convinced me. I am, I am now <laughs> a new you. wasp fan. Excellent.
6: And I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to Janet Van Dyne, the wasp.
0: Hey, Brad, if you're listening, we ended up talking about bees. Thanks for the idea. No problem. If you want
1: to learn more about wasps from Dr. Sumner, check out her book anywhere you buy books. It's called Endless Forms, The Secret World of Wasps.
0: And if you want to learn more about our wasp, Janet Van Dyne, good news. We have a Marvel Unlimited reading list for you. Robin, take it away. (laughs)
7: We sure do, and I am so excited to talk about Miss Van Dyne. And listeners, we will be linking to the issues in this reading list in the show notes, so you can follow along with our Wasp reading. We're going to start things off with her very first appearance in Tales to Astonish, issue 44. That's from the 1959 series, so you know it's a classic and a goodie. This is the very first appearance of the Wasp when she met Ant-Man, And I thought we have to start at the beginning because this is a 60th anniversary celebration. I love Jan's first appearance. She's rocking this super fierce tailored skirt suit. (laughs) And this is a beautiful depiction of her as socialite to superhero in the blink of an eye. And she undergoes her transformation as the Wasp with an immense amount of courage following the death of her dad. So, her superheroic origin is on the heels of her father's death, and she steps up to the plate to avenge him. Our next issue is Avengers, issue 167, from the Avengers first volume starting in 1963. This is Janet Van Dyne, the fashion designer. This is her first ever fashion show on Park Avenue, and unfortunately, it's crashed by the porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> I love the porcupine. <laughs> I I did until he crashed Miss Van Dyne's fashion show. They needed
1: more needles. Some things needed mending.
7: <laughs> it's actually beautifully thematic now that I think about it. But I also <laughs> love that she just fights him in this like really cool like Grecian toga midi dress and heels. It's just very Janet. Our next issue is Avengers 221 from the exact same run. So in issue 217, Janet is nominated as the Avengers chairwoman, and she accepts. She rises to the responsibilities of leadership, and she is an emotionally intelligent leader. She is compassionate, and she knows how to network. We find out that she has casual connections in the White House. So having this, yeah, I mean, (laughs) naturally, she's this perfect social butterfly. And we see how having a woman... And a socialite at the helm of the Avengers is actually a very good thing, both for public image and for the team at large. I chose this issue because she is Chairwoman Wasp, and her first mission is to recruit more women for Earth's Mightiest Heroes. So we have a super-powered Superwoman brunch featuring Spider-Woman, Dazzler, (laughs) Black Widow, the Invisible Woman, and She-Hulk are all contenders to be the very next Avenger. The perfect meal. Absolutely. Our next issue is Avengers 224. I chose this issue because even though it is a delicate period in Jan's personal life, she has a little bit of fun with Tony Stark. Yes. (laughs) I think it's a perfect match. They seem like very expensive people. And they have a really good time. And it's a very short-lived fling. But it actually picks up again much, much later in comic book history. But yeah, this was the very first flirtation of Tony Stark and Janet. She actually didn't know that Tony Stark was Iron Man. So that kind of threw a wrench into the works. But this is Janet Van Dyne, media darling, tabloid, socialite. You love it. It's great. Our next issue is Secret Invasion, Issue 8. This is the concluding issue from the Secret Invasion event from 2008. So I love this issue because it really epitomizes heroic sacrifice. Janet dies, quote unquote, in this issue. But even as she's going out, she's trying to save civilian life and take out as many of the infiltrating scrolls as possible. Thankfully, we find out in Avengers issue 32 from 2010, she wasn't dead. She just shrunk down and she's been living in the microverse. So Janet has a long history in the microverse and the Avengers pluck her out. They take her back into the folds and it's like she never left. And finally, our last issue, Wasp, issue one from 2023. This is a new ongoing run and a great way to kick off Janet Van Dyne's sixth decade. Here's the run to start with, I think, if you're new to comics. So it offers a recap about how Jan became the Wasp. And in the present, she's actually trying to open this exclusive superhero bar slash lounge. So it's a new business venture. She's opening an entrepreneurial chapter. She pays a visit to her stepdaughter, Nadia. So we get a little bit more backstory on Nadia Pym, who is also the unstoppable Wasp. And unfortunately, they're both attacked by Whirlwind in this first issue, and that is a villain who has a long, long history with Janet, and none of it is very good. So start with this run and just keep reading. That is unfolding now on Marvel Unlimited.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited about Nadia and her relationship with Janet. I think that's been a lot of fun to read. For
7: sure, yeah. I mean, we, we see Jan the Mentor, too. Hi, Janet. It is Robin, the manager of editorial content for Marvel Unlimited, and I just have to wish you a happy birthday. You are absolutely fabulous, Wasp.
2: We love you.
1: All right, that's it for this week. Next week on Women of Marvel, we are untangling the complex web of the multiverse with Spider-Gwen.
0: Until then, Women of Marvel is produced by Isabel Robertson, Zachary Goldberg, Ellie Pyle, and Preeti Chibber.
1: Our Senior Manager of Audio Development is Brad Barton. Production Manager is Emily Godfrey, and our Executive Producer is Jill DeBoff.
0: Special thanks to our Comics Correspondent, Robin Belt.
1: Listen weekly on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Ellie Pyle.
0: I'm Preeti Chibber. And This is Marvel, your universe. Happy birthday, birthday. Janet!
1: (laughs) Sorry. Try again. Okay. One, two.
4: Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Janet. Janet!